Welcome to the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast. If you'd like to be involved as a guest or as a sponsor, please get in touch with Mel via LinkedIn. Enjoy today's episode. And welcome to the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast. And today's episode is sponsored by Fitness Business Sales. And this afternoon, I'm speaking with Damien Bain from Fitness Business Sales. Good afternoon, Damien. Good afternoon, Mel. How are we? Uh, I'm going really well now that the rain and the hailstones have stopped. So that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> Thought we might get interrupted there at some stage, but no, we're all good to go. The sun is out. So let's see what happens. So let's talk about franchising today. Um, first of all, if you can just give me a really brief overview on who FBS is. Sure. Um, so actually two years, uh, nearly just hit the two-year mark, started uh, well, in those two years, you've obviously had a bit of COVID, so probably only a year of a full trade. But uh, FBS, Fitness Business Sales, so we specialise obviously in the fitness industry, coming from the industry of, you know, 25, 30 years experience between the team. Um, we have three different pillars. One is our general consulting. So we look after consulting for, for current business owners and uh, from operations, um, et cetera, or bringing a current business to franchise. So franchise startups, et cetera working with some companies to bring them alive in Australia and international companies bring them across. Number two is our recruitment. So one of our, um, probably about 60% of our business goes through franchise recruitment. So we work with uh, several brands on recruiting new franchisees. So taking them from lead right through to sale and site selection, depending. Um, we were working with a lot of brands. We've actually reduced that because less is more. Um, and that, and that's, uh, that was a learning curve. So um, yeah, working with uh, several brands on that and then resales. So uh, part of our business is our resale broker side. So we have a brokerage um, arm in the business, but a little bit different to other brokers. We're more, we look at the business, assess the businesses, um, look at where they can improve to get a better resale uh, price. So generally they'll end up being consulting with us for a few months before we put them on the market and, and sell. So, but all in the fitness, nothing else diverse. Um, so we have uh, small team of four here at the company and yeah it's exciting that's fbs and obviously you are extremely busy <laughs> we are yeah it is it's uh this year i mean getting through covid was good but yeah now especially the past sort of six eight months has been um really busy we were doing a lot of work with um, companies in fractional roles as well like being a coo which we're not doing anymore because it's you know it, it took up a lot of time so we had to Move one of them on and focus on the on the recruitment, consulting, and resales. Well, yes, that, that, that's that's enough for you to do, I think. And as you know, sometimes um, you do need to move certain roles on in order to be successful. What you're good at, and I think that that's the most important thing. So let's just talk about franchising, and we'll get stuck straight into it. Um, first of all, what is franchising, and what is the difference between a franchisor and a franchisee? Sure. So I guess um, the, well, the biggest difference is the franchisor is the owner or the, of the product, the business, the IP. Um, they're the support function for the franchisee. Franchisee is buying a territory in that brand um, to become part and they own that territory area um, and they become a, instead of franchisee to the franchisor. It's a partnership. You know, the biggest thing with franchising and the reason I started FBF is franchising needs to be a partnership. You know, they need to make sure the franchise ought to be a successful franchise or having the right 
uh, obviously the right products, the right digital um, uh, innovation behind the product, the right support structure. So in their executive teams and their teams, they have people with industry experience that can support because a franchisee, why buy a franchise if you're going to do it yourself? You buy a franchise to be able to follow a system. Not be spoon-fed, let's be real, and not be, you know, you know the franchise or doesn't run the business, but you buy into that because as a franchisee, I'm wanting the systems, the support, the IP, the structure. Innovation's a big thing as well for, for that, that they need to come out with new ideas all the time. So whether it's a, a BFT that's changing their, 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 um, their fitness products and offerings and stuff like the programs and that all the time. So it's coming up for the franchisee again, fitness initiatives. Whether it's a big box, so you're changing the, the, the fitness offerings or the digital experience or the customer journey or the retention. And also from the franchise, E, you're buying into a network. You know, you're not standalone, you're not on your own. You're in a massive network of industry professionals and, and the brand. So, so the difference is obviously one is the, the, the owner, the franchisor, and um, then the franchisee buys into territories. So what is uh, the typical personality of somebody who could become a successful franchisee? Interesting question. It's very diverse because you've got, especially, you know, the market now, you've got your boutique, you've got your 24, 7,000 sort of square metre sites, then you've got your big box. Also in the boutique, you've got your specialist products. And I'm talking specialist being a, a Pilates and things like that. It's more, you know, diverse. Or so even the, the, the non-traditional fitness models that are now coming out from in recoveries and, and things like that. So the specific person does differ. To be honest, in a boutique, we always see an owner-operator work a lot better. So because they're a small community, 200 members, it's a class-based facility, um, it does work better in that sort of instance for an owner-operator. Saying that, in the boutique, investors do work if they're looking at multi-site and they've got the right people on the ground. That sort of 24-7 can be sort of investor-owner-operator and then the big box can be literally investors because the big box does operate you know, 2,000, 3,000 member clubs, manager, sales, it's very robotic. It's not class-based as much as these boutiques here. Um, you know, they can work more of an investor. So if I look at the, the models we work with, whether it's from a, um, a Firefit, um, a BFT, a GoToFit 24-7, then on the other end here, we've got a, a fitness cartel, which is a big box. Yeah. We have a little more investors looking at this side of things in the, in the big box where... The, um, you know, the, the, the fire fits and that are more that sort of owner-operator uh, type person. And obviously different spectrums of investment. <laughs> That's a, there's a, the, the, the big box is a lot more expensive than a boutique. So as a, a possible franchisee, what are some of the commercial resources I should look for when I'm looking at all of the different brands that are out there? Sure. The biggest one, look, I mean, product's product, as you know, and you can find the right product, and whether it is... Let's be real, you can pick up a kettlebell anywhere and do a swing or do a, um, a clean snatch or anything like that. It's The product's one thing. The commercial terms is really important to look at. What is the, the company you're buying into, so the franchise you're buying into, what is their proven model? What's the proven concept? Has it actually occurred? What is the commercial um, return? Is your payback, we try to look at a payback in two years of CapEx as well. So your capital return in two years. Operationally, you want to be trying to look at OPEX, um, OPEX break-even the first three to six months. You know, that's what you want to encounter, do a good pre-sale, 
Um, from a, if you want to look at assumptions, when we look at any product in the market at the moment, or anyone we work with, we want to look at 30% EBITDA margin. So you want to look at a 30% return on your net profit, EBITDA margin. Rent is, a, is obviously a big, big killer, and it can be, you know, um, it's a big factor, sorry, um, in the business. And, you know, we've seen rents out there at 40 45%. And when you're paying 40 45% rent, 35% wages, 10% you're left with, it's not a good margin. So rent should be around that, that 20-odd percent or under. Some of our rents we look at are at 10 15 some of our rents are sort of 2022. 20, Anything over that, we sort of steer clear on. Um, then your wages at about 30. So again, going back to the commercial term, really that EBITDA profit margin at sort of the, you know, after your honeymoon period and you build your member base at 30% is what you really want to look at, um, which is important from a commercial term. Um, and then franchise fees in that, you know, they, they generally... Uh, will go between sort of 6 and sort of 9%. Um, you know, when you're saying to go to over 10% in franchise fees, I'd be questioning that as well. That's a little bit too high. Yeah, over 10% is definitely definitely yeah. uh, too, bar, too high. I certainly agree with you on that. Now, talking about franchise fees, let's discuss what are some of the hottest models that are coming to Australia at the moment because you're dealing with some pretty cool products that have come from Asia. Yes. Uh, yeah, so Firefit is one of the big ones. So we've worked with them for about a year now. So um, obviously through COVID originally, so it wasn't, there wasn't a lot going on, it was more education. But I will say FIRE uh, is definitely one of the big ones coming from Malaysia. So Evolution Wellness um, own that brand. Uh, they've got Fitness First, Celebrity Fitness, um, and then GoToFit, which is another one we're working with as well, which is a 24-7. So GoToFit is 24-7 model, low frills, one staff member, very easy, good EBITDA margins. Um, you know, a good, say, 500000 to build it with the equipment and stuff and it's a very low low maintenance because it's all QR coded, et cetera, um, where FireFit is the functional. So a lot different to what we've got in Australia. It's not competing with you know, BFTs or fit stops. It's different because it's different modalities. So you don't just have one modality under the roof. You can have up to three studios with six modalities, you know, all group-based classes, but you can have, um, what I like about FireFit is you can have a Revolution 4 studio in the front, which is very much hit training, etc. Then next door, I've got my boxing, which is boxing, which is called Strike, and that's boxing and then boxing hit. So I don't have to go and have get a boxing gym membership and then go get a functional training membership as a consumer. Um, I can just get the one and pay for the one, have both under one roof. Or I could have a, a cycle in there as well, or I could have a, a stride, which is a high cardio-based uh, class with treadmills, um, or I can have a bar, which is like a yoga-type um, class. So really cool product. It's uh, We've got six opening now in Australia, so I open our six in, all in January. So a few in, in Queensland are really hitting hard. Um, and... Yeah, and then our go-to fit 24-7 first one launches in Jan and then a few rollouts of those. So, yeah, they're, they're really pumping through and it's a good product. So, theoretically, if I wanted to, I could go and, say, lease or purchase a building and then I could go and put under one roof three of the fire fit 
uh, business model. So pretty much I can have my consumer walking through the front doors and they go to the left for this product, to the center for one and to the right for the other. So then what I'm actually doing as a, a franchisee, I'm actually opening up all of these business models to all demographics, say from 18 to 65. Really, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not cutting anybody out of the market there. I quite like the concept of having different boutique models under one roof. I think it's um, it's a good way to look at the way things have started to evolve since coming out of COVID because a lot of our people who were, let's say, the hit people have now become the wellness people and then there were the wellness people who have tried hit online through lockdowns that have now become the hit participant. Um, really, really briefly, uh, Damien, just um, finance, finance, how hard is it now for someone to get finance to open up their own business? Mm, it's getting better now. It was really tough, especially after COVID. And gyms have been a really hard one to to get finance for but saying that to the best way to look at it if it's a greenfield sorry yeah if it's a uh, if it's a current club and it's operating it's a lot easier because it's got you know history equipment members etc for a greenfield for a new site the best way to summarize it anything with a serial number on it you'll get finance for so equipment flooring audio all that easy because a serial number they can remove if you don't pay your, your bills um Things like a franchise fee or a uh, for a fit out is a little bit tougher. Some people are using line of credit through their mortgages, which works. Um, but generally, depending, I mean, again, it's, we would never advise anyone to finance everything or try and get finance everything. You want to have some liquid cash, and that again will determine whether you're buying one of our products, like our our fires or our, our BFTs here. That you know you might need 100 to 150 thousand liquid cash. We're a fitness cartel, which is our big box. You might need 600 liquid cash because it's 2 million. We always want people to have some sort of something behind them because, as you know, in any business, if you borrow to begin, you know, then it's not going to be a great start for you. And we want to make sure you're successful. So finance, we work with some brokers. Um, uh, one of ours, Cone Finance, that we work with, they're really good. Um, that gets, um, we, you know, it gets it's got a lot of partnerships with the banks and stuff. But in answer to the question summary, it is work, it is better, but anything with serial number, easy to do. It's more the 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 fluff cat, the fluffy money that we need to try and find. I think club owners learnt throughout COVID uh, how important that fluffy money was. Yes. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's great advice there. Um, I wanted to ask you. Uh, what are your top predictions for 2023? Where do you see the boutique market going? Oh, interesting question. Um, I think, look, to be honest, COVID brought the boutiques alive a lot more. Boutiques really took off from a consumer. I think everyone was was scared about going back to the gym and, you know, but they prefer that smaller group, so really boutiques. I think from a boutique, it will continue to organically grow. Um, in 2023, I can see the functional starting to, you know, just to, to grow but not be as many options. I think the non, to be honest, the non-traditional fitness is going to sort of really come to the market in 2023. When I talk about non-traditional, I can see the boutique wellnesses and the cryos and recoveries and stuff really booming and, and complementing us in the fitness industry. It's not taking it over, it's complementing. But the other thing too that we've noticed probably the past six months especially, is the trends from that online um, are starting to drop off. You know, everyone's now back in the gyms. You know, the online was was a big trend through COVID and was even this year. 
but we're seeing some um, some big downturn in online. A lot of people, you know, moving towards back into the gym, back to normality, back to where we were. So I think from a franchise in summary, boutiques will grow. Some good stuff still in the the functionals. I think the non-traditional will really come up. But to be honest, I think the the uh, the big box and that sort of twelve hundred square metre full service will be back. It had a bit of a drop over the past few years, and I think from a franchising model, next year it's going to we're seeing a turn in a lot of that full service coming back, which is good. Yeah, I think people are seeking out more community engagement. Yes. I think um, in order for the big boxes to be successful, and everybody knows that I um, I love group fitness and I love programming, but it is going to come down to the types and styles of community workouts that you put in the club. I think what was popular four or five years ago now has dropped off considerably. People have been exposed to some incredible products throughout COVID, and now commercial club owners need to be implementing some of those products uh, into their club. Damien, um, we've had a great chat today and it's it's been quick. It's been straight to the point. But do tell our audience where they can get a hold of you. Uh, the best, best part would be go to fitness-business-sales.com.au um, or even just go to my Instagram, Damien Bain. You'll see me on there and DM us and have a chat from there. It's probably the easiest. It certainly will be. Damien, thank you so much for chatting to me today on the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast. Today's episode was sponsored by Damien's crew at FBS. And uh, Damien does have some amazing products. I'm always out there watching him on social media and he's doing some incredible work. So please, if you're looking at establishing your own business in 2023, do get into it.